For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. For me, I gotta hear that beat, that crazy tom tom beat. I gotta hear that beat when I dance. Then I'll hook the whole night, raise the roof the whole night. That crazy rhythm goes to my soul and it's dynamite. I gotta hear that beat, I gotta hear those drums. And even when it comes to romance, when I feel that I might fall, I always stall and play it smart Until I hear that beat, I gotta hear that beat That certain beat in my heart
everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? Tonight, we celebrate 100 years of Ann Miller. Today is her birthday. Uh, that's not all that we're celebrating. I want to celebrate a very special man, and that is Ron Lytle. Now, Ron reached out to me just a couple of weeks ago, and he said he would like to sponsor a show. Not just any show. Could we possibly sponsor a show celebrating Ann Miller? Well, he didn't have to twist my arm twice. He specifically asked for this date, and lo and behold, and I know it's Ann up there pulling strings, because you know she had a psychic connection to all of us. Uh, he wanted this date because today is her actual birthday. Uh, and we started pulling strings and I reached out to uh, Jared Morley, who put this, uh, Jared Winters, who put this uh, montage together and everything started falling into place. And here we are. So, Ron, I celebrate you tonight as well. So how are you? I'm fantastic. And wasn't that clip fantastic? Uh, those clips. I mean, yeah. what an amazing career. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, I only had the luxury of meeting uh, Anne once. And that was in 1998. Here we are. Look how young I am with my husband, Dan. Uh, she was appearing, of course, at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Follies. Uh, and I had a very dear friend, uh, Dick Kelly, who was very good friends with her. And so he called her up, said we were coming to see the show, and he arranged for us to have a light supper with her. Um, and, uh, and I love this photograph. I'm going to bring this on again uh, because she came out of her dressing room. Uh, here's another photograph of her outside. And you, of course, were backstage at the Paper Mill Playhouse. Those dressing rooms were the size of shoeboxes. <laughs> And uh, so she comes out of her dressing room and she says to us, uh, do you mind sticking around for a few minutes? I want to take off my makeup. And so we waited 45 minutes. <laughs> she came out and this was her street makeup. I didn't care. I was so thrilled. She sat down and had this incredible dinner with us. And it was almost as if we had been friends our entire lives. I mean, she was not, a, she didn't put on the airs of being a star or anything. She was asking us questions about our life. She was so interested in who we were. And uh, she was thrilled that we were there and asking us what we were thinking of the show, what the other, her performance, everything. I mean, she was so, she was that young girl from Texas. She was so down to earth. And I know in conversations that you and I have had, that you had the same experience with her. And of course you had a deeper and a longer friendship and a relationship with her. Ab absolutely down to earth. And just, I, I was thinking the exact, exact same thing that you just said, always so interested in knowing what did you think? You know, I remember the same thing after Follies, really interested in what, not just, not just what do you think of my performance, but what did you, what do you think of the piece? You know, and um, I remember that same thing with Mulholland Drive. Did you ever see Mulholland oh, Drive? Yeah. Right. You know, that was her last performance as well. And I mean, she and she got a whole new fan base at yeah. that point in her life and career. 
Yeah, and genuinely interested, I think because she didn't understand the movie. Who does, right? <laughs> I still don't understand it. <laughs> so, um, you know, just really interested in what, what, what did you think of it? What did, what, what does the audience uh, appreciate? Um, yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed that. I, I like that you brought that up. Now, how did you meet her originally? Um, I met her at the St. James Club um, in the early 90s in Beverly Hills. I think it's condos now. Um, and a friend of mine was very good friends with Anne. And he would send me things from her, um, like we'd swap videos. I She didn't have certain movies. I'd say, oh, here it is. Give it to her. She'd, you know, um, then she'd send something back through him to me. Um but I had never met her before that. I'd had all of these near misses that that really sort of drove me crazy. I never saw Sugar Babies, you know, huge regret. I mean, I've seen it on tape mm-hmm. uh, from her, actually, and um, out-of-town tryouts of Sugar Babies. But I never got to see it in the theater. Uh, you know, we went to, my partner and I went to see it in the early 80s when it was on tour. She was out. Mm. We made plans to go see it when she took it to London. They closed the show early before we could get there. So um, finally, I got to meet her just at a social event in Beverly Hills in the early 90s. That's a long answer to your short question. Well, thank God I got a chance to see her in Follies, and I know that you did too. And you and I were talking about this earlier as well. And to this day, and I've seen some of the greatest names in the business, uh, and uh, but the electricity that went through the house when she performed, there was nothing like it. It was incredible. It's the only time I've experienced that too. Never got to see Judy, you know, um, but I'm sure it was the same, the times or the time you were there where we were sort of raised out of our seats, even before the number, like just before the conductor quite cut it off. Right. We just sort of like en masse as, as an audience, I saw it twice only, but happily. And we just all sort of rose en masse. And yeah, it was thrilling. Well, you know, I have a dear friend, Danielle, who's watching. And Danielle and I, we are like uh, psychically connected. And Ann Miller was, you know, very much, you know, uh, involved. I mean, she was connected to the psychic realm. Did she ever have those conversations with you? I'm just wondering. No. And I don't want to overstate my relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Anne was always super friendly to me, super great. We were not friends that way. She would recognize me. She was always very kind. She would come into town. I'd get a postcard from a secretary saying, you know, we're going to be in town at this event. Come see us. But um, no, never a, a conversation like that. But certainly I'm aware of it you know, as, as we all are. And she talked about it a lot, but never to me personally. But tonight you are very close friends, okay? On that level. Uh, so yeah, you're absolutely. making a, uh, but so we're, we're making a big production of it, right? Absolutely. So uh, before we go a little further, and we are going to bring someone on who was a very close friend of hers. Uh, but before we bring her on, uh, we have a special message uh, from our sponsor. Uh, and, uh, here she is. Uh, and from, uh, uh, well, let's have a little soup. Yeah. Boy, am I hungry. What kind of soup is that? Make way for the great American soup. Can you give me that again? Up at the Ritz, they passed the word. 
242nd Street. Make way for the great American soup. Hey, mister, have you tried the soup that's good enough to eat? Shake hands with the great American soup. Feel that ribbon, guide your feet on the soupy road to romance. Let's face the chicken gumbo and dance. Who's got its noodles up in lights from Broadway to the loop? It's the great. Why do you always have to make such a big production out of everything? They don't make them like that anymore. But we have Penny Davis with us. And Penny, uh, and I'm I'm also going to bring on uh, David Michaels, because David Michaels was responsible for getting Penny on the show tonight. Last minute uh, surprise for us. Penny, you worked with Ann uh, for many years as her dresser. So... Uh, they say only her hairdresser knows for sure, but only her dresser truly knows for sure. <laughs> so thank you both for being here. Uh, so Penny, how did you and Anne, first of all, come to work together? And being a dresser for anyone, and I know in this business, uh, it's a very special bond and relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she had come down to Miami, well, she did the three cities uh, in Florida um, to do MAME with uh, John Boab directing. And um, uh, because it was a complicated show, I was the wardrobe supervisor at the Cogan Grove Playhouse in Miami. But because of whatever, they, I, they had me go with her the whole time, Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and then Miami. And it was the end of our season of winter stock. And she was hired to go into the New York company and asked me to come up with her and be her dresser. And I usually had the summers off. So it was a perfect opportunity. We thought we would both be there for six months. And um, she, you know, reinvigorated the show. The show was on its last legs and um, she just revitalized it. And it lasted, um, I think, maybe about 10 months longer than, you know, than, than it was anticipated to run. And um, that was it. And then she went back to California. I stayed in New York because I got another job offer right away. And then she was going to do the show in Los Angeles. And I... Oh, no. Sort of we worked out our the differences that had come up in the New York company. <laughs> Uh, uh, so then I was with her for, I guess, the next, uh, for about five years. And wow. uh, I, I filled mean, in sometimes on Sugar Babies. As I said, I became her mammy in chief, I called it, because I trained people to work with her. Because at when I turned 25, I was much too old for her. <laughs> I couldn't keep up wow. with her. When, um, for those who don't know, when she did come into uh, MAME and John Boab, who was scheduled to be here tonight, yeah. and I hope that he's going to be able to get on the show, um, he was responsible for her doing MAME in the first place. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. He, and- uh, he, he directed it in, uh, in, my, in Florida and then he um, directed it again in L.A., and uh, he just was, I mean, he just, he believed in her, in her. 
And I mean, he's just, he's a wonderful man. And uh, he just really pushed her when others around, when, when she, it was a very tired company. And Anne, I always said, Anne didn't know how to mark a show. So she was rehearsing. She rehearsed full out. She never knew how to just, you know, take it easy. And um, she, at, at first, I think there were um, a little bit of a resentment because the company was kind of, they liked being tired and old <laughs> and, and just sort of made them, she dragged Jean Sachs back into that that theater to, to direct her, the original director. And he, uh, you know, gave her a day or two uh, when, when we were doing the put-ins for her in New York. And um, she just, she never didn't, there wasn't a lazy bone in that woman's body. And she just didn't, she didn't know how to be lazy. And so it made a lot of the people in the company rose to the occasion. And so when she was asked to come to New York to do Maine, mm -hmm. was there any hesitancy at all on her part, or was this something that she was eager to do? <laughs> she was like, well, let me at him. No, because oh, wow. Anne was, you know, Anne was not really doing, to the best of my knowledge, I mean, I only knew of her from 40s movies. I was, you know, 21 years old. So she was not, uh, you know, an icon to me. Uh, it's just I knew who she was. Um, but my background was mostly theater, not not film, you know, and um, uh, so this was a big chance for her to get a, and it, it, it was, it just started her career all over again. And, and it was uh, sorry, David, um, how long, uh, she was in the show for a while and then it transferred to the Broadway theater, am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Penny, were, were you with her in another, another theater first? We were at the Winter Garden. We started at the Winter Garden in May, May of 1969, she started. And then I don't remember when we came over to the Broadway, but uh, we did at some point. We came over yeah, to Broadway it was a nice and closed it there. Long time. Well, here's someone who can tell us a little bit more about that. He's made it here, folks. Uh, John Boab is here. John, you made it. Yay! Well, you can blame John Betty Davis and Mr. Scappington. <laughs> I was watching Mr. Skeffington and totally forgot. <laughs> well, isn't that awful? But it's Betty Davis's fault, not mine. Well, you'll have to go back and watch the rerun because we were just talking about you. Oh, okay. Your timing is impeccable. Well, so, you can see me, but I look like see you. Uh, no, you look great. Great. Uh, so, John, can you tell us a little bit? We were just talking. Penny Davis is here, of course, and David Michaels and Ron Lytle. Uh, if you can tell us a little bit, uh, you were responsible uh, for Anne doing MAME. And, yeah, well, uh, and I'll tell the, you whole... the, the background on it quickly. is, is yes. uh, uh, when, when I was offered the job, it was in Florida, and the reason we could do it while the Broadway production was running is in those days, uh, traveling companies uh, did not go to Florida. It was too far away. So they offered me this job, and it would be three shows in Florida. And they wanted me to do it with someone who's I was trying to think of it all day, K-something with blonde hair. And I said, no, you know, I want to try Ann Miller. And they went, ah! Oh, you know, they thought I was crazy. 
but I did uh, get her in the first city and in one of the uh, Florida cities. And she was so incredible that I called New York and said, listen, she's packing this place that normally doesn't get half an audience. On beach. And I said, and she's wonderful. I think I'm talking to the producers in New York. I said, I think you should bring her in. Um, uh, and because uh, the show was on the verge of closing in New York. So we brought her in and from the first minute, uh, she was a sensation and packed the thing. And uh, uh, you'll love this. At the one point when we were doing Young, I Feel, uh, the big dance number, she sings and then she has to go upstage. And uh, of course, all of a sudden she's upstage and, and I hear, <laughs> and, and it's whispering louder than life. And it was the people in the balcony could see her changing into her jab shoes. So, yeah, she was she was really wonderful. I mean, I could yell and scream at her um, because the, the longer we, we ran for a year on on that. But but the truth is she her hair got bigger and her shirts, got, her skirts got shorter. And uh, well, Penny, we weren't there again. like a whole bunch of those wigs, the bubble wigs? They were like the bubble wigs. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and then, then uh, of course, we did it for quite a while. I told her on Facebook today. Then she had one time city event one day, and I went to the hotel to help her get ready for it. And she's crashing around the room, and she suddenly starts saying, Where's my Ann Miller wig? Where's my Ann Miller wig? I said, What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> She's my Ann Miller wig, my Ann Miller wig. And she ran into the closet and she pulled out this wig case and opened it up and took out this big bouffant side swept hair. She said, this is my Ann Miller wig. <laughs> did, <laughs> she, did, she em did she emphasize this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's why I always thought she was so lovely because she'd come to the theater just with her natural... Mm. Um, right. Hi, David. Okay. Hi, John. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Um, but anyway, so I did. Cool. I so did bring some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I brought a, a couple of pictures of me with Anne. And uh, do you want me to show them? Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Can you see that? Uh, no, you'd have to put it in front of the camera. You have to put it like right in front of your face, I think. Put it in front of your face. I've got it in front of my face. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, God, what are you guys doing to me? We're looking right at your face, John. <laughs> Why is it doing that? Bring it down, down, it down. right in front of your face. And then turn it around. There okay, we go. Now, uh, now we lost him. Oh, no. Oh, no. So hopefully he'll come back. He'll be so back. While we're waiting for him to come back, uh, David, uh, do you uh, if you can recall the first time that you met Anne? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, this isn't that well told a story, but through a bunch of bizarre circumstances, little David, at twenty years old, barely became the doorman at the Broadway theater, the backstage doorman. You know, which is you know, and it was usually like an old man who would do that or what. And it was thrilling, and um, I jumped at the chance when it happened. And um, 
Um, I was there for a bunch of shows. That's not what we're here to talk about. But I was there for for part of Cabaret and for all of Pearly and for I mean just. I'm a lot sorry of to say I have no idea. And I get it. It just doesn't seem to want to go in front. Well, uh, if you can, uh, uh, well, we'll figure out somehow that I will get them somehow on camera or something later on, and we'll figure okay. out we'll get them uh, uh, superimposed at a later time. All righty. I've got three of them: one with Walter Cronkite, and uh, they're they're good they're good pictures. Anyway, she was a joy to work with, absolutely. Uh, and the first time I met her, and I think you get a charge out of this, I met her at um, oh, one of those big restaurants, old-fashioned restaurants on Sunset Boulevard. Her agent set it up. And I walked in, and her first words were, oh, my God, I didn't know that producers could be so young and so handsome. Uh, <laughs> uh, and But I, I couldn't imitate Anne if I tried. Uh, who could? Yeah, she was she was just ex uh, extraordinary, really. Uh, a lot of stories about her with Christmas cards, and you, it never ended that there wasn't something you had to do when she was in New York. Well, John, did you get the chance to work with her again after uh, doing Mame? After Mame, no. Um, that was about the. Whatever I was very busy, I think going into television mm -hmm. at the time, yeah. and yeah, I think that Anne, Anne got connected with somebody who put her in a, a couple of shows after we had done Mame uh, on the, the and she did great business, you know, but I know that I wasn't available for any of them, and uh, so the head got bigger without me. Yeah. No. Do you know what astounded me, Richard? Um, yes. Because you know, there was a movie star coming into a Broadway show. Yeah, you know, which yes. a good thing or a bad thing, right? Um, and I was so the, the the thing that blew me away immediately was her voice. I right. Mean, it, it was a voice like a trumpet. It was. It was. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's it was no just question. strong and beautiful and loud and and exciting and and it, she was not you know so it wasn't like something that the movies enhanced she actually well, when, sounded better than she ever sounded in the movies i thought you know when i asked her about it and as far as the films went she said i don't know one day i just opened my mouth and the words and the songs <laughs> came out you know she took it as a, i think a god-given thing mm -hmm. you know that she was lucky uh, but she actually felt that one day she just started singing. And, uh, but I agree with you that uh, the, the singing was uh, quite extraordinary. You know, she had perfect pitch and, uh, and she was loud. You yeah, know, just that first was, note, the first note of It's Today, and she had the yeah. Yes. She had the audience. It was. I want to share a clip with everyone. Uh, maybe you've seen this. Maybe you haven't. Uh, this is uh, a clip that was from the movie Ziegfeld Follies with Judy Garland, but Ann Miller did it uh, on a television special. Uh, it's a great lady gives an interview, and I picked this clip because it shows her comedic timing, and it also shows her off as a singer. So I'm going to share this, and we'll uh, meet again here on the other side. Don't go anywhere, anyone. So okay. here it is. You all look so tiny.
are here to interview a lady known to you because of her ability. And the glamorous, amorous lady they call Madam is expecting you. She's news. She's front page stuff. She's headlines. She's tops. And in advance, the critics are all at court. She's gonna win the next Academy Award. All her fans will be excited, not to mention quite delighted at her personal appearance presently. She's tremendous, stupendous, elastical, parenthetical, she's high, but definitely the glamorous, amorous lady they call. Shh, Madam is coming now. Gentlemen of the press, madame. Oh, darlings! How utterly charming of you to have dropped in like this. How simply marvelous of you to have dropped. Well, you have dropped, haven't you? And oh, gentlemen, just look at me. You've caught me so pitifully unprepared. And now, gentlemen of the press, members of the fourth estate, what can I do for you? Tell me, darlings, pray do. We're here to pry into your private life. We're here to seek your every secret. We're here to scoop a scoop. Definitely. What is your next behaving able to be? Of course. Now about my next picture. You know, gentlemen, I'm faced with a curious problem. Shall I always be dramatic? Biographically emphatic. Shall I devote my life to the legitimate art? Or shall I do what I'd adore so and do my acting with my torso and give all the natives a start? The studio exhibit me, the roles that so inhibit me. I feel just like a soldier, out of step. But would the episode outlive me? Would my public quite forgive me? If I try to show the world I'm really a But you darling. You dear, dear, adorable boys. You've come all the way up here to hear about my new picture. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you all about my new picture. <gasps> what is my next picture? No, 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 don't tell me. Let me think, let me think, think, think. I know it must be here somewhere. It really must be here. <gasps> yes, Madame Crematon. Gentlemen, Madame Crematon. Madame Crimaton will be a monumental biographical tribute to a monumental biographical woman who toil, search, 
tenement flat in Amsterdam, that Holland, you know. Gretchen Primaton was a very brave and a very noble woman who, against the wishes of her father, the Baron, you know, married this young inventor who didn't have a suit. Penniless. And there they were in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam? Yes, there they were in a dark and dingy tenement flat with no food and no heat and no money for to pay your rent. But did they care? No, they don't care. Madam Crematon, she don't care, for she saw the light just the other day. Since then, she's been a trying for to find a way to bring to the world a big event. And so she did. And so she did. What the duty Madam Crematon did? She toiled and strive and sweat and slave and stretching her mind and beginning to rave. But the price she paid was worth the pay for all a cold and frosty moan. Oh, no. The safety paying was bought. Fun. I mean, Judy Garland, of course, did that in Zingfield Follies. But, yeah, uh, and then there's also a clip of Lana Turner doing this uh, on the Ed Sullivan Show. Yeah. I'm also oh, guessing. Thank, thank you. I just finished telling David uh, that I thought I remembered Lana doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, guessing whoever did that closed captioning had a short career. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that too. As I was uh, Penny, I wanted to ask you. What was that uh, on? What? What? Where did that air? Uh, it was a television special. Uh, I think it was the Hollywood Palace. That I, I think it's um, oh, sense, Perry, okay. Perry Como. Oh, well, oh, it was Perry Como. I, yes. I think so. Yes. Uh, Penny, I know that she did Dolly as well with the Kennedy Circuit. Uh, was she? Did she yeah. ever express a desire to come to New York to do Dolly? Not particularly, Not no. with me, she didn't. Um, no. Um, Kenley, we, Kenley was wonderful. He, he put great shows on and she, 
I don't know that, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Can I, well, it's sort of an odd story. We had a very quick change after her tap number in Dolly and she came off and it was like this Beanie and Cecil moment. We were, she came right off into the first portal and we're doing our quick change. And she suddenly stopped cold. It was on a matinee. The audience was going crazy applauding. And she suddenly stopped and she, we were eyeball to eyeball. And she said, I don't understand what they see in all of this. <laughs> I said, neither do I. And then, we went this and then we both burst out laughing. But um, uh, no, I don't know that she, I don't remember her ever saying anything negative about Dolly, but uh, I don't think she really loved it. Um, okay. Same with in Can Can. And Can Can was, uh, she didn't have enough to do in Can Can. Anything Goes was the one she really, that was the one that got away. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I saw her do Anything Goes, I think, didn't she? She Isn't did it at Muni Opera, but only for a night because she got bonked on the head. And then we that's, did it here oh, in Miami. Right. Uh, right. We did it for two weeks in Miami at uh, uh, the Gusman Hall. And um, uh, I was I was telling the, the guys before we went on, on the air that uh, uh, her back, uh, remember um, Bailey Howard was a great friend of hers and he, owned two Chicago newspapers, a wildly wealthy man, and he was going to financially back a production. Uh, but he died suddenly right after we finished the Miami engagement, and that was the end of that. She did it at Paper Mill also. Did you dress her at Paper Mill for that one? No. Uh-uh. By that time, um, when did after, after Miami. When, when did she do anything goes to Paper Mill? 77, 78. Somewhere in there. Um, she did really? it with Bobby Van too. Um, I can't remember if that was the paper mill production or not, but she she toured it with Bobby Van. Okay, because we did it when, when we did it in um, in St. Louis. It was uh, Michael Callan and Pat Paulson. Wow. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. and then she got bonked during Act One on the head with the boom. And uh, the understudy finished out the week. She, well, yes, one of the chorus girls. Um, so it was kind of a crazy week. And then in Florida, I'm trying to remember who, I don't remember who was Billy and who was Moonface. I can't remember. I used to have well, such try a Well, try harder. Yeah. <laughs> see if I'll, I'll look it up. Because, uh, no, it's so it's odd. Because I used to have one of these incredible, you know, airtight memories. And, well... No, I don't. <laughs> uh, Penny, I mean, did you have, I mean, did you maintain a relationship uh, long after you started working together? And uh, when was the last time that you saw Anne? The last time I saw Anne was um, she called, <laughs> as I say, I trained dressers when I got too old for her. <laughs> and uh, I said, but I'll train people to work with you because she was very specific. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say difficult, I don't mean necessarily unpleasant, but she was, you had to be on, you had to be right there. And um, and so I did train people to uh, dress her. One night I was, it was, uh, uh, I was home. I wasn't working at the time. She called me. She said, Penny girl, you got to come down. And she was doing sugar babies on Broadway. She said, you got to come down and dress me. My dresser's out sick. I said, <laughs> and I don't know the show. I've never seen it. And I'm sure that the wardrobe supervisor has it all under control. <laughs> and no, no, I want you to come down and dress me. Anyway, uh, eventually, long story less long, 
um, I called the wardrobe supervisor and I explained the situation. I said, I'm not working. I'm happy to come down and learn the show uh, if you want. And uh, I said, and then, you know, and so that turned out to be sort of a happy, I, I, I filled in for on, on sugar babies in general. And then I dressed her um, when uh, her dresser would be out because that was a, that was a funny show. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, her, I mean, as a friend, I mean, she was, uh, you know, there was nothing, no one like her. Um, when she was doing Follies with Meredith Patterson, who unfortunately was unable to be here tonight, she played the young Phyllis in Follies. And uh, Anne said, you're going to make it to Broadway. And when you make it to Broadway, I will be there for your opening night. And not only did Meredith make it to Broadway in for, uh, the revival of 42nd Street. Uh, but Anne flew to New York to be there for her opening night mm. and threw, you know, this great dinner for her at Sardi's in her honor. Uh, that was the kind of person she was. Yeah. Great. Just incredible. Um, David, when was the last time that you saw Anne? Well, I guess we're, we're going to skip forward about 30 years. Okay. Um, <laughs> from Maine, and um, uh, I was working for the Actors Fund in Los Angeles, and actually, Richard, the same show that I've talked to you about before, the Jerry Herman tribute, the one with Angela and Carol, um, we had a moment in the show where all the all the Broadway memes paraded across the stage. It was really kind of thrilling. And so I was on the phone with her, talking her into doing it, um, and she was, I mean, quite honestly, she was kind of frail, it seemed, you know, mm. by then. Um, and because I asked her, I said, don't you want to do a number? And she just, she actually laughed and she said, oh, honey, honey, we're way past that. Uh, no more. So she, but she agreed to come. She was absolutely delightful. She looked great. And she did parade across the stage with Jane Morgan and um, Janice Page and, and all the mames. And it was a really thrilling moment. And so that was the last time I saw her. I think she passed on like a little less than two years after that. Mm. Are there any pictures of that event, David? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should try to find that. Because I'm trying to remember a picture of There's got to be. There's got to be. I, I will look for you, uh, Ron, and then nice. see what I can find. Yeah. Thanks. Love to see that. I'm looking up and somebody named Ronald Young played Billy in the uh, Miami. A dear friend of mine. And uh, Ron, unfortunately, uh, is uh, techni uh, technologically challenged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> otherwise, he would have been here tonight. Uh, I hope he's watching. Ron, if you're here, I love you. And uh, uh, learn this. So I want you here. <laughs> so, um, it, you could be talking about this, Ron, being technologically challenged. <laughs> Also, you know, funny, this, this Penny, you might have told me this anecdote, um, but, you know, she had a house in Beverly Hills on uh, uh, Alta Drive, uh -huh. and if you're driving down Sunset Boulevard, there's the sign that says, welcome <laughs> yes. to Beverly Hills, and then there's Alta Drive, and there was a story that one night, late at night, she and her mother snuck outside and moved the sign. So, so to be sure that their house was in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> but you know, David, you got to give Anne credit. The fact that you just said she and her mother, yeah. she was extraordinarily close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I want to 
uh, uh, something occurred to me that was funny. We were talking about hand dressing. Uh, but when I took Anne out, which I did many evenings, and I'd go pick her up and I'd stand at the bottom of the staircase at her home, and she would start coming down the stairs and I would just look at her. And she'd turn around and go back and change. <laughs> she would without hesitancy. All I had to do was go. <laughs> and because there were times that she looked absolutely stunning and, and you would think she had the best taste in the world. And then uh, mm. then the other times you said no. <laughs> but if she didn't feel it. Uh, I've got another clip I'm going to share. And this is a clip that a lot of you have seen, I know. Uh, this particular episode of this show, and you're all going to know it as soon as it starts, uh, was written by my dear friend Ray Jessel. Uh, God bless him. Uh, Ron, you already know what I'm about to show. Uh, so uh, you're all going to get a kick out of this. Uh, but I thought because uh, they don't make them like this anymore. Here they are. Expecting you and love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow, it floats back to you. Love. Oh, there's the star of our show, my aunt Sandy. You was me. Great day for the star of my son's show. There's only one star in a show, and when Millie is in it, Millie is it. <laughs> Lucky us. Who is this, Brian? Your son and Gopher really wrote a great script. Well, talent just naturally runs in our family. Sure, I'm gonna like it. Well, I don't care if you don't. He's not changing a word. Come everybody, I'd like you to meet my favorite ex-mother-in-law, Connie Carruthers, the Belle of Broadway. Ah. Oh, hi. Oh, the Belle of Broadway. That's got a great ring to it. The song in my heart. Here comes my mom. There goes my hearing. <laughs> Mom, I want you to meet all the other ladies in the show. Yes, I'd love to meet my supporting cast. I'll give her a supporting cast on the leg. Now, let's not be violent. On second thought, let. <laughs> Girls, you wouldn't dream of laying a hand on another trooper. <laughs> However, I do have the name of a good hitman in Detroit. <laughs> Look at me, but I'm a natural county, as 
common meal I just feel I've so much to offer. No, I'm the one who'll be divine, because I'm a natural pauper. <laughs> so may God in the bottle. I'm a great big lump of they're gonna bend in half. If you hear the one about the traveling salesman, a thousand laughs. Stick around for the jokes, a thousand faces. I reiterate, when you're gifted, then you're gifted. These are facts I've got no action right. Hey, what a big So when you're all ready, we're all going to go on the road. I know I was late, but I've also got to leave early. Oh. So well, I will say good. John, it looked wonderful. You go, thanks. Thanks for inviting you go, John. Me. But she uh, was any, very special. Any final words that you want to say before you leave? Me? Yeah. Yes. How about goodbye? Okay. Um, it was wonderful really seeing you, John. Great to see you, John. David and Ovestibu. But I, I do have another. I'm sorry, this has been one of those days, and I'm losing my voice. But well, uh, God bless you all, and and uh, and God bless Annie. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for being here. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Thank Take you care. So much. Bye, John. Bye, John. Bye, John. So would it be would it be irreverent to tell the story of the tap number in Maine and all the Michigas that went on with it? Um, no, go ahead. Penny, I don't know, but um, wait. What do you mean? Well, you know that they, they they changed. That's how young I feel into a tap number. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, they had to write a little scene after it, right? Because she would go off into she, the yeah. wings. Yeah, and, she would get oxygen. And she would take <laughs> oxygen, and it, it it was you know I mean it, it was just kind of comical because yeah. up to the last row of the balcony, you could. I mean, you could hear it through the entire theater and nobody seemed to care. And I don't even really? know. She, I don't think she needed the oxygen, quite honestly. I think it was it was kind of a diva moment. Uh, no, she did. Because she would come up, she'd plop down because it was, you know, a very quick change. That I was, I would, she would come off, she'd sit in the chair, her hairdresser would start messing with her hair. Uh, I'd slap the oxygen mask on her face, then I'd get down and change her shoes. 
And meanwhile, she'd be pulling the mask off and going, powder puff, call Mr. Lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and screaming for all this stuff. And, um, but no, she, cause she had the uh, oxygen on. That's what's so interesting. Cause she was never a smoker and yet she died of lung cancer. But she had I, I've known on. many people to die of lung cancer who never smoked. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, but she always had oxygen. She had it. She didn't on Dolly now that I think of it, but she did on um, on MAME whenever we did MAME. And she did when we did um, Anything Goes. Where did they put the tap number in Dolly? In Dolly, it uh, was so long, Deary. So long, Deary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Can -can, it was the courtroom scene. That was really absurd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we I cannot believe how fast this hour flew. Ron, oh, I'm so happy. Um, it's wonderful. No, so uh, everybody stick around for a moment. Uh, I am going to give my closing comments. Uh, Anne is going to have the final word tonight. Uh, but you would love uh, that. <laughs> I'm going to give each one of you uh, a chance to give your final comments. Uh, it can be about anything that we spoke about tonight that you want to build upon, anything we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message you want to leave everyone with tonight. And stick around for the closing credits. I've got a little surprise for you, Ron. Uh, so uh, I want to thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, I know that you could have been anywhere else tonight, and the fact that you chose to be here means the world to me uh, and uh, to Anne as well. Uh, Anne will never go away. She's still here, uh, as you are all. I have a candle uh, lit for her tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she is truly, uh, like I said, only that one afternoon that we spent. But that afternoon still resonates so strong and so deep uh, with everything uh, that I've done. Ron, the fact that you reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and suggested this show uh, means the world to me. And I just want to tell everyone out there, uh, and Ron will attest to this, if there's anyone that you want to celebrate, uh, reach out to me and we'll celebrate them as well. Uh, everyone is worth celebrating. Uh, that is my motto. Uh, and I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a while. Uh, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call. And let that person know how they've made a difference in your life. You have no idea how it will matter in their lives. Uh, I have a dear friend. He says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. I don't care what size boat you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. And with that note, I'm going to leave the screen. I'm going to turn it over to you, uh, David, and then Penny, and then Ron. You will uh, have the final word, and then we'll turn it over to Anne. And uh, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, and I hope that you all will stay in touch. Uh, David, it's all yours. Yes, thank I'll you. just say very quickly, um, the 20-year-old the boy... Um, you know, who got to work with, work with, meet the movie star, never knowing that my career was going to turn into working with celebrities. But she was my first movie star. And I would stand in the wings every single night and watch her. Um, she was a mesmerizing performer. And I just feel really blessed to have gotten that close and also 
the 30 years later to have kind of gotten to say goodbye, which, which just kind of made it very sweet. But mm-hmm. I have only really wonderful memories of her and just a very exciting part of my life. Well, um, she started my career in New York that lasted 42 years. Thank you, Anne. And um, um, she certainly was a oneer. <laughs> so I will say, can I say one little quick story about the singing? Please. She taught me a very valuable lesson when at one point uh, when she was going to be on the Dick Cavett show, the old talk show, uh, they wanted her to dance. And she said, no, I won't dance. She said, but I'll sing. And I and they were upset about that. And I said, Ann, what what are you talking? You know, why? She said, I she said, I don't give away what I sell. <laughs> and uh, uh, I said, what do you mean? She said, if I she said, nobody knows me as a singer and I want to get known as a singer. And um, she said, everybody knows I'm a dancer. And she said, if I do it for free on the Johnny Carson show or Dick Cavett, they're not going to pay me $2,500 to appear on Hollywood Palace or the, you know, whatever that Dean, the Dean Martin, whatever that, that was Hollywood Palace. And I thought that was a really valuable lesson. And I've had words to live by ever since then. But that was her reasoning. She was an amazingly smart woman, one of the smartest women I've ever met. And um, she had a lot of heart and she didn't miss a trick. She saw everything that went on around her. And uh, I loved her. She drove me nuts sometimes, but I loved her. <laughs> oh, Anne, 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 Anne. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thanks, Penny. That was great. Um, thank you, Richard, for doing this. This random person reaches out to you, although we've been connected for a lot of years. I feel like we have uh We've, we're supposed to know each other, so I'm glad that we do now. Um, but thank you for doing this. Thank you, uh, Universe, for making this happen, that the schedule was open today. Uh, thanks to Anne for all the years of entertainment and inspiration. Uh, she was important to me when I was really young, got me through some tough times, and I appreciate her to these, this day. And um, thank you, Anne. Goodbye. Good times and bum times, I've seen them all, and my dear, I'm still here. Plush velvet sometimes, sometimes just pretzels and beer, but I'm here. I've stuffed the dailies in my shoes, strum ukuleles, sung the blues, seen all my dreams disappear, but I'm here. I've slept in shanties, guest of the WPA, but I'm here. Danced in my scanties, three bucks a night was the pay, but I'm here. I've stood in bread lines with the best, watch while the headlines did the rest. In the depression, was I depressed nowhere near. Cause I met a big financier And I'm here I've gone through dandy Windsor 
and Wally's affair. But I'm here, Amos and Andy, Mahjong and Platinum hair. But I'm here, I've gone through A.B.'s, Irish Rose, Five Dion Babies, Major Foes, Had the heebie-jeebies for BBs, Bathosphere. I've lived through Brenda Frazier, and I'm here. I've gotten through Herbert and Jay Edgar Hoover. Gee, that was fun and a half. When you've been through Herbert and Jay Edgar Hoover, anything else is the last. I've been through Reno, I've been through Beverly Hills, and I'm here. Reefers and Vino, rescuers, religion and pills, and I'm here. Been called a pinko, coming to, got through it, stinkled by my boots. I should have gone to an acting school, that seems Still someone said, she's sincere, so I'm here. Black table one day, next day it goes and dies. But I'm here. Top billing Monday, Tuesday, playing and stuff. But I'm here. First you're another, slow I'd bet. Then someone's mother, then you're ten. Then you career from career to career. Well, I'm almost through my memoirs, and I'm here. I've gotten through. Hey, lady, aren't you who's this? Wow, what a looker you were. I better yet. Sorry, I thought you were who's this. Whatever happened to her?
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.